This podcast contains graphic and explicit content, as well as all of the spoilers a movie has to offer. Listener discretion is advised. Hi friends! Welcome back to So Here's the Problem With That, where we watch every sci-fi movie ever made and tell you what's wrong with their sci and their fi. My name is Emily, and I'm a movie fan. And my name is Neil, and I'm a PhD candidate in High Energy Experiment. Hi, Neil. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm doing fine, you know? It's, yeah. I'm doing all right. Right down the middle. Just. It's a day. It's a day. We're vertical. I am alive, yes. That's a really good start. That's a fantastic start to most days, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so as everyone... Who is listening knows. Uh-huh. Because they already listen to our mini They better. They know what movie that we are uh, about to review. They sure or do. Or break down, I should uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. And, but just in case uh-huh. someone somehow possibly missed it. If you missed it, I mean, you're a square. Because only the cool kids listen to mini True facts. Um, can you please tell our good friends at home, what is the movie this week? This week, we are watching Geostorm. Geostorm! Can you please tell the folks at home what Geostorm is about, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. A little synopsis for y'all listening. Uh, when catastrophic climate change endangers Earth's very survival, world governments unite and create the Dutch Boy Program. What an awful name. A worldwide net of satellites surrounding the planet that are armed with geoengineering technologies designed to stave off the natural disasters. After three years of successful protection, something starts to go wrong. Two estranged brothers are tasked with solving the program's malfunction before a worldwide geostorm can engulf the planet. Dun, dun, dun! The, the like, two estranged brothers thing reminds me of a, a, a Rick and Morty episode. Just uh, two brothers. Just two brothers. <laughs> it, it's two brothers. There's fucking nuns and cats and... Oh, God, that episode is so funny. It's very good. I love interdimensional cable. Oh, they're great. So, a couple facts about Geostorm. It was released October 20th, 2017, which, you know, that's pretty recent. It's not Moonfall recent, but it's... It's like five years ago now. That's recent? God, that feels weird. It shouldn't be five years. Why Uh would you say that? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. What is time? Um, It's rated PG-13 for destruction, action, and violence, and runs a whopping hour and 49 minutes. Not bad. This is actually not bad. Not no, bad. I think this is going to be really nice, especially oh, yeah. after Armageddon was. I think it's going to be easy peasy. So long. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe one episode easy peasy. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, I don't know how much of this is really going to be hand wavy uh, fantasy type of sci-fi. So it, we might, we might not have a ton to say about it. I might Who just knows. I might just talk about climate change for a little bit, and then uh, well, that'll be that. Call it a day. We'll just look at the beautiful face of Gerard Butler. Oh, but we'll get there. So, taglines for uh, the film is Brave the Storm, which, as we mentioned in our mini-sode, is a dumb fucking name. It's terrible. It's so bad. Genre tags, action, sci-fi, and thriller. So, Neil. Yeah. The folks who made this film Uh are, I'm going to generously say, unprepared. (laughs) Yeah. So it is, I'm looking at I'm looking at the credits. Oh yeah, and um, I am gonna say that these people are not prepared not prepared. to speak 
definitively about serious climate issues. Uh, no, no, they're not. So the uh, Geostorm was directed by Dean Devlin, which truly sounds like a fake name. It really does. Right? Like that, I would believe it if they said that was a porn porn star in the 70s. Like, yeah. Right? Uh, Dean Devlin, he was an actor back in the 80s and the 90s. Nothing I recognize, nothing super big. Um, but he did write the 1994 movie Stargate. Excellent movie. Which I believe is on our list. I will double check. Really? Should it not be? Is that too fantasy? Should I take well, it off? Because it is we'll, a portal through space. We'll, okay. I mean, we'll think about it. Yeah. If it comes up, we should have a serious discussion about whether or not we should actually watch it. I think that's probably fair. And then decide then. Yep. All right. Um, so he wrote that he wrote Independence Day. Fantastic movie is on the list. Is Excited to watch it. Yes. Also, and directed by Moonfall's own Roland Emmerich. Nice. So they're friends. They are frequent collaborators, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. Um, Dean Devlin also wrote the 1998 Godzilla starring Matthew Broderick, which uh-huh. was my entrance to the Godzilla franchise. Okay. So even though I know in my brain that it is a bad movie. I still like it. Uh Uh-huh. There's, you know, baby Godzilla eggs. I respect that. Yeah. Um, But, you guys, this is his very first directorial debut of a movie. He has never directed a movie before and, quote, since. Or parentheses, since. This is the only movie he has ever directed. Why is he quoted as a director on... Leverage is a very good TV show. It was on, I want to say TNT. Um, I don't remember any of the actors' names, but it's about a group of people who steal things from the rich and give to the poor? So, like, some Robin Hood kind of shit? Kind of shit. And they they steal things to put the wrong things right, I think. Okay. Folks at home, can you tweet us and tell me what Leverage is about? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Please actually do, though. That would be great. Yeah. Um... I feel bad because one of my very best friends, Kremi, this is her favorite show. And I I know we've had long conversations about it and I can't remember a fucking thing that Damn. she has told me. Um, he also, The Librarians, is another TV show. It's uh, based off of a TV movie um, starring one of the doctors from ER, Noah Wiley, I want to say. All right. It's... Uh, it's people doing adventure... Like, Xena Hercules-style adventures... In, uh, with artifacts from history, magical artifacts, stuff like that. So oh, sounds like Warehouse 13. Exactly. It is exactly like Warehouse 13. Okay. Yes. Um, so he has directed, but he has not directed a film is, is the main difference here. Got it. Um, it is all the Geostorm is also written by Dean Devlin and Paul Gio. I believe that is how you pronounce that. Looks right. Paul also wrote on The Librarians, he wrote on Leverage, and he wrote on Judging Amy. Do you remember that show? Nope. It was early 2000s. Sounds it, it bad. Was a, it was a show. It was a show. It was absolutely... It was, that was a show. Alright. This movie stars... Oh my god. My absolute boyfriend, Gerard Butler. Yes, the guy from 300, King Leonidas. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Oh! King right. Leonidas yeah. is... Yeah. You are going to hate him in this movie. <laughs> I can already Damn. guarantee Damn. it. Damn. He was great in 300. I know. He's so good in 300. Um, I 
was introduced to him in Phantom of the Opera, 2004, where okay. he played the Phantom of the Opera. Neat. And 14-year-old Emily was like, "That's we're getting married. We are meant to be together, Gerard Butler and I. He twirled a cape, and I was just, oh, I was gone. Um, he's also the voice of, have you ever seen How to Train Your Dragon? I have. Yeah, so he's the voice of the father of, um... Hiccup. Hiccup, thank you, of Hiccup's father. Back in the day. Okay, so this is going back a little bit. But he was in a movie with, um, Jennifer Garner, I want to say. Should have looked that up. Called P.S. I Love You. And when I tell you, Neil, I wept at this film. This I film, might have seen that. Movie. It was way better than it had any right to be. Okay. And he's perfect, and I love him, and this movie is so good. He, this is not a spoiler. It's like in the plot of this film, he dies, and he is um, leaving letters for for her, his wife, to like help her process and grieve and go on trips and and learn to live again, and it's beautiful. And he's in it, and. There's flashbacks and oh god, it's so good. Um, I have not seen this movie. I would remember something that tearjerker. Yeah. Also, why is that movie rated so poorly? That's a twenty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Well. Anyway, so, so now... well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I apologize for bringing it up. We're not talking about. We're not. We're not talking about. P.S. I love you. Continue. But I will say that my memories of films are very rose-colored, as we found out in oh, our very yeah. last film. As we found out watching um, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, I. If you haven't listened to that episode, those episodes, I highly recommend it because you can literally listen to me realize as we're discussing this film how much I hate it after loving it literally my entire life. Yeah. So it's like that. So I'm I'm almost done with Gerard Butler, but two I really wanted to call out. Tomb Raider, the ones with Angelina Jolie, he plays her love interest in the second one. Huh. Do you know who plays the love interest in the first one? No. Daniel Craig. Hot mama. Oh my god. I love these movies and I have watched them recently and they hold up insofar as they are just as bad as I remember. Daniel Craig is... He's so beautiful. Such like a rugged... Mm. Just a rugged British man. Oh, I would swim in those eyes. And he plays an American for whatever reason. I don't know why. Huh. That's dumb. And then Gerard Butler, who is Scottish, plays a British person. In nice. Him. I don't know why, again, but whatever. Finally, the last movie I really wanted to call out. I watched in college, and it's not good, but I absolutely loved it. It was called Dracula 2000. Jesus. He plays Dracula. And do you have any interest in seeing this movie, or can I give the biggest spoiler? Spoil it for me. All right, folks at home, we're going to do a spoiler in three seconds. Jump ahead, maybe a minute or so. He, Dracula, is Judas Iscariot. And they're recreating why Dracula has so many issues with crosses, because the last thing he sees before killing himself is Jesus on the cross. Silver is the 30 pieces of silver. And, and God, to punish him for what he did, will never let him die. That's why uh, wow. he do it. It's kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Right? It's not a good movie, but I, if you were in on a Sunday afternoon, and you're like, I want to watch a bad movie. I actually recommend it. It was a really okay. good time. But not only that, he is working all the time. He has nine movies in production right now. Either How? post, pre, or announced. 
nine movies. He is always working. This is scratching the surface of what he has done. And once again, I love him. You cannot have him. He is mine. Jim Sturgis, however, not as big of titles, but I absolutely fell in love with him. And really, whenever I think of Jim Sturgis, I think of my mom, who loves him. She sees everything he does. Huh. He was Jim in Across the Universe. I think his name's Jim. I hope it's Jim. He's in Across the Universe. He's the main guy. And that's a fun movie. I liked it. I know it's not for everybody. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, he was also in a film called 21 with Kevin Spacey, where he and a bunch of young folks from MIT become card counters in Las Vegas. Fun. And Cloud Atlas. Nice. Don't know what it's about. Kind of don't care. But those are his, like, three big movies. Um, and they... Those... I'm surprised that you have never seen Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I don't know. It just never reached, I don't know, my low threshold. All right. <laughs> my mom saw it. She loved it. But that's all I got. Um, so those two are the brothers, the estranged brothers that they talk about. Nice. And other than that, there's a handful of mid- mid-level uh, character actors that you might recognize. No women. Well, there is one woman that they call out, and it's um, Jim Sturgis's character's girlfriend, I believe. Um, she's been in a handful of things. What was... It doesn't matter. But not many. Truly not many. Not enough. And I will have, I already know, a rant about one of the women who is featured. Excellent. Because sexism is alive and well in Hollywood. Classic. It's so good. So... Two final actors I really want to call out. Ed Harris plays, I want to say, the Secretary of State. Um, Ed Harris, he, you, he's been in everything. He's been in every fucking movie since 1980. Um, but I love Westworld, the TV show on HBO. Sure. He's breathtakingly good. He is so good in that show. Cannot recommend highly enough. He was in The Truman Show uh, with Jim Carrey. Apollo 13, which was not on our list and is now since I was looking through this. Nice. I am very excited to see that whenever it comes up. Snowpiercer. I don't know. It is on our list, but that's one of the ones that I'm not sure if it actually belongs on the list. We'll debate it when it comes up. Yeah. Um, he's also the bad guy in National Treasure 2. Nice. And he's one of the escapees in The Rock. Interesting. With, oh my God, Gran Torino. What's his fucking face? Why can't I think of his name? Doesn't matter. Uh, Clint Eastwood found it. Nice. Andy Garcia. Uh, plays the president in this film, and I really know him only from Ocean's Eleven. He plays the guy who owns the uh, casinos that they rob, and he's so good. He's so good in it. He was in Godfather Part 3, but from what I hear, that's not the Godfather to see. And I don't know if you heard of Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? No. It is an absolutely hilarious movie. I recommend it. It is dumb, but it's like a fun Ernest Dumb. Okay. And he plays Tommy Bahama. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's so good. Okay, so, Neil. Yes. Do you it's, know what kind of time it is? I believe I do know what kind of time it is. It's the numbers game. Numbers game. It's a numbers game. Nice. <laughs> oh. Well, well, some fancy. extra on the end there. Extra. Um, so, Neil. Yes. Geostorm. Uh-huh. 2017. Yes. Apparently five years ago, which blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Welcome had, to 2022. Right. They had an estimated budget of $120 million. Okay. Honestly, less than I thought. But... Yeah. For how much CG is in this film, that right. sounds 
about right. It's recent enough I didn't look into the inflation calculation for it. Uh-huh. I think it's probably close enough. But can you please, Neil, yes. give me a guess for the total gross all in worldwide for Geostorm? Oh, all in worldwide. Let's see. It's 2017. It's a movie about climate-related science, although it's probably done very poorly. This is 2017, so what would have just happened? God, maybe Trump just left the Paris Accords kind of thing? Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe a fair number of people saw this worldwide. Right. So I'm going to say... 250 million. Let's oh, start there. You're close. Would you like to guess a slightly lower number? Okay. Uh, 210 million. I'm going to give it to you because, you know, that was a good split the difference. It was 222. Okay. Yeah. All right. Super solid until I tell you that they needed 300 to 350 to break even when you add in marketing costs and all oh, that. Oh, no. So this was a flop. Brutal. Brutal flop. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you like to guess, though, what the total domestic gross was? So US just and Canada. U.S. All right. So we know 220-ish million worldwide. It's probably in theaters in the U.S. for like three months. Maybe not even. It got some acclaim. Did it, though? Mm, no. No. Uh, I'm going to guess $58 million. Would you like to guess a lower number? Damn. Uh, not crazy lower, but a good amount lower. How about $42 million? Would you like to guess a lower number? Oh, no. Yeah. $28 million? Close enough. 33. All right. 33 to 34-ish million dollars domestically. Okay. So a huge chunk of what they did get was overseas. Yep. Which makes sense because, again, we've had this conversation more CG heavy movies do better overseas because you don't have to worry about plot as much. You don't have to, you know, yep. translate idiosyncrasies from the United States to China, let's say. Yeah. Also, generally speaking, I think um, mm-hmm. the U.S. does have some of the best animation studios mm-hmm. out there. So for a lot of CG, I, this is probably better than most mm-hmm. other international studios are producing. Right. Uh, would you like to guess, final final numbers game, would you like to guess what the opening weekend total was? Opening weekend total, three million. Oh, it's higher than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, higher number. Seven million. Ooh, would you like to guess a higher number? Uh, 15 million. Close enough, it was 13.7 million dollars. So here's what happened. It was advertised, interesting enough, a bunch of people saw it opening weekend, uh-huh. And then no one saw it for the next fucking three months. Oof. Yeah, so. seriously. They made more than half of their, almost half of yep. their domestic opening, opening weekend. weekend. Yep. Yep. So, a couple fun facts I found. Dean Devlin, again, fake fucking name. Uh-huh. The way he got this idea was he tried to explain climate change to his daughter. Yeah. And she asked why a machine couldn't be built to fix that. And he goes... Well, that's a good question. And then he wrote this. 
the the answer of not a scientist. Right. <laughs> um, There's a machine for that. Yeah. He here's the thing, here's another thing. I've been saying that a lot, but here's another thing is that the budget for this film was not always 120 million dollars. Okay. It was originally 82 million dollars. That's so low. It's so low. And then when you find out that Dean Devlin was fired, Jerry Brockheimer was brought in to produce and they hired a director named Danny Cannon to do $15 million of reshoots to make it palatable. Palatable? So this film had a rough go. Oh, God. So what we're about to see is the punched up version (laughs) of this film. That's bad. It's not great. That's bad. No, they brought they brought in a new writer, a new director, new producer. It was it was rough. Um, they did film some of this at NASA, so it was kind of fun. All right. And it had largely negative reviews with criticism yeah. focused on the uninspiring story and lackluster visuals. Lackluster visuals? So that's literally oh, all of no. the fun facts I could find. And okay. I actually looked this time. <laughs> yeah. Also, I am not inspired by the NASA uh, fun fact. I feel like despite that, they're going to get a lot of science wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, Armageddon, as we saw, was filmed largely at NASA. Not largely, but a good amount was filmed at NASA. Yeah. And they got ab- they got six things right out of the entire movie? Yeah, roughly. Roughly six things? Yeah. So, it's a whole thing. So, a couple reviews. On IMDb, this got a 5.3 out of 10. Metacritic, the critic score was 21 out of 100. That's <laughs> and, so bad. And the user score was 4.2 out of 10. Oh, we're in like... Oh, yeah. We're in like... We're in bad country. The bad kind of bad movie. Well, like the bad kind of bad good movie territory. Say that again? The bad kind of bad good movie territory. (laughs) I know what I said. I just want to make sure I understood you correctly. Yeah, because like it was supposed to be a good movie that went wrong. So it was a bad good movie. But of all the bad good movies, we're in the territory of the bad variety of those bad bad good movies. Bad side of the spectrum. Yeah. Yes. I would agree. Um, when IMDb is like, fuck it, it was a movie, and gives it a five, I immediately get scared <laughs> to watch this. Oh my god. Because it's gonna be bad. It's bad, right? And the critics, the critics are really rough on this. Oh, like yeah. Like we said, Metacritic critics said it was 21 out of 100. Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 16%. Oof. And sometimes you can have a really low critic score uh, balanced by a, a really, really high, high audience, audience score. score. Yeah. The audience score for this movie is 35%. And and just for funsies, I looked up what it was on Google. Just like, hey, give me a review for Geostorm. And that was a 3.7. Out of 10? Out, I think it's out of 10. It might be out of 5. It's a 3.7, whatever it is. Um, that can't be good, I'll tell you that much. No, the, the general critic consensus is lacking impressive visuals, well-written characters, or involving drama, Geostorm aims for epic disaster movie spectacle, but ends up simply being a disaster of a movie. So, Ouch. That hurts. Uh, Neil? Yes? Can you give us, knowing now what you know, can you give oh, us your expectations no. purely from a film standpoint? From a film standpoint? I am expecting that I am going to get bored and play video games in the middle of this movie. 
Yeah, that's fair. And, and what about science? What are you thinking for science? I am expecting that I will probably do what I have done for the last several movies, which is go on a very big rant about they get one major thing wrong right at the beginning of the movie, go on a huge, like, science aside and be like, here's everything you need to know about this topic and expectations of what you should look for if these things were to happen. Let's go and see what we find. And it's going to be just bad. We're not going to find any of the things that I lay out. Climate change is not going to be a serious thing. It's going to just be like whack science all over the place. They're going to fucking throw a machine into the sky and be like, look, we fixed the climate. Look, we fixed natural disasters. It's like, oh, this is going to suck. Yeah, no, and, and again, I have seen this film. And I, having also recently seen Moonfall, I enjoyed Moonfall more than I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. So that's where we're at, folks. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an experience. It's gonna be an It'll experience. It'll be an experience. All right. Well, Neil, should we go watch a movie? Let's go watch a movie. Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, friends. We just watched Geostorm, and... What a mess. Whoo, doggy. I won't lie. Exactly how I remember it. I... This, so this was the first time I had seen this film. Yep. And it was... Better honest, or worse ooh, than you thought. It was worse than I thought, oh. actually. Yeah. Because uh, the acting, bad. Yep. The uh, the scripting, also bad. Oh, the script is awful. Uh, the premise of the movie, kind of shit. Yeah. A lot of the science just isn't science. Yeah. It's like I, mostly fantasy. Yeah. I wanted this movie to be better than it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I wanted it to be so bad it was fun, and it was really just so bad it was bad. Right? Yeah. Like, even Moonfall is, Look, I think, Moonfall a more fun was, movie. Moonfall was fun. Yes. It was certainly problematic and yeah. definitely bad, but it was fun. I didn't have fun watching this movie. I just kind of sat there and I was like, oh, God, like, why? Yeah. No, the uh, the great randomizer failed us on this one. It really did. So, sorry about that. Uh, Neil, should we start breaking this down and see what's wrong with it? I guess we should. All right. So, here we go. Action. We start with a voiceover of a child uh, who says, a young girl uh, says, everyone was warned and no one listened, which Classic. is like, fucking calm down, okay? Yeah. Um, she's talking about global warming. It really does sound, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Crow. I haven't. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. You should see it. And this voiceover sounds exactly like the opening voiceover of The Crow. Hmm. Like, exactly. And I was really just tickled and baffled uh, about that. Anyway, you just see The Crow. It's great. So, in this voiceover, we are told that in 2019, shit went crazy. Like, crazier than actually happened. Um, the East River swallowed Manhattan, and a heat wave in Madrid killed two million people in one day. Hey, Neil. Hey, what's up? I have a science question. I have a couple of science questions for you. All right. <laughs> awesome. We're going to start early. Mm-hmm. Um, so the East River swallowed Lower Manhattan. Uh, yes, they did show that happening. I don't get it. It looked like more like a tsunami kind of thing it did right but like a wall of water just entered 
Lower Manhattan. Lower Manhattan is actually like kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, during Hurricane Sandy, they had like a whole thing where they were like, hey, Lower Manhattan is actually starting to become below sea level. Oh, shit. So like rising sea levels, I looked it up and it, it sounds like uh, sea levels are rising on average about eight inches every, well, they were rising eight inches every century. But uh, in the last 20 years, that rate has doubled. Oh, shit. Um, so it's not looking great in terms of um, Lower Manhattan's probability of surviving. Uh, they'll probably become kind of the next... The next Florida? Well, not the next Florida. The next Louisiana, like next New Orleans. Because oh, okay. New Orleans is mostly like below sea level, which is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's what they were showing there, but they really dramatized it. Right, because it really is, like we said, it's a wall of water. And we saw something similar in Moonfall. <laughs> so here's my real question. Yeah. Is that, was this the megastructure? Was this no, gravity? No, 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 <laughs> no. None of this megastructure business, okay? We've been over this. But was it gravity? Is that why it was so big? No. Okay. So it's just it's being just dramatic. It's just being dramatic. Okay. The, this will happen slowly, but then it will happen all at once. And it won't be like a big wave like this. It'll just be like the next thing you know, like lower Manhattan's under two feet of water. Okay. And that's just what it's going to be. All right. Yeah. I, I look forward to that. Sure. Good. Um, and But then in Madrid. Yeah. Obviously, it has, to my knowledge, never been hot enough to kill two million people in one day. How hot would that have to be? So... Like, is there even water at that point? Like, is water just totally evaporate, no, evaporated? No, like, no. It's not... So, it doesn't have to be that hot, actually, to, for people to start dying pretty rapidly. Especially in a place that doesn't really subscribe to like air conditioning which i don't think madrid which does. most of europe does not right because they've um, never needed to because it's never been this fucking hot before it's never really been a huge issue but it's becoming one i would bet like if you hit 120 like pretty consistently mm -hmm. you could get to a point fairly rapidly where a hundred like two million people would die in a day Damn, like if you so if you if you sustain temperatures of 120 for maybe more than three or four days, like by day four, you might end up with like a million or, or two million deaths a day. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's mostly going to be people who can't regulate their water intake effectively, sure. can't uh, regulate their temperature effectively. So it's going to so be like sure older people. Yep. It's going to be the elderly and it's going to be infants mm -hmm. and it's going to be like dumb people who are just like still doing whatever the hell they feel like and not drinking water. And then they're going to be like, wow, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm so dehydrated. I'm dead. Yeah. No, that would be truly unfortunate. Um, yeah. 120, I think is also hot enough to start causing brain damage. If you, oh, for sure. if you hang out in that for extended periods of time, because that's why you're not supposed to hang out in hot tubs for too long or in saunas. Because if you like sit in a hot tub, which is usually like a hot, hot tub is like 106, 104. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, you sit in there for too long, like you'll you'll start to like get slow cook. Yeah. Ooh. I I definitely for sure follow all the recommended time limits on hot tubs. Mm, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Every yep. time. Every single uh huh down to the very second. Absolutely. Uh -huh. No, I have a timer. I'm impressed. Set. Yep. For sure. <laughs> 
I am definitely cooking myself from the, <laughs> the inside out. Yeah. Oh my god. So, okay, so is there anywhere on Earth right now that is 120? That's not super possible, right? Like, I'm um, thinking Death Valley, but it's also called Death Valley, so it wouldn't shock me. The hottest temperature that's ever been recorded was in Death Valley in 1913. Oh, shit. And it was 134 degrees Fahrenheit. God damn it. Yeah. But it's also a barren wasteland that people don't live in. So if it was that hot in Madrid, like, it would just melt. Yeah, it would just, it would be a a huge issue. People would, people would be dying left and right. Right. Okay, so as we, as the movie is telling us, global warming, bad. Yes. Not recommended correct the way that they decide to, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna do this with a straight face the way that they are going to fix global warming <laughs> sorry god damn it lock it down the way that they're going to fix global warming is by putting a, a network of satellites don't make that face at me <laughs> network of satellites in i'm gonna say in orbit but i don't know that they're actually in orbit they appear quite stationary but they're in space, near the Earth, and they are going to control the weather. Like, I can't... What the fuck? So, we're going to have satellites control the weather, but we're not going to do anything about our current habits. Uh Fossil fuels, let's keep going. We're not going to worry about, you know, um, greenhouse gases or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We're just going to fix the symptoms. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Which is totally fine. Uh Uh-huh. Ernest question. Uh Uh-huh. If... We had the science to do this, which I know we don't. But if we did, do you think politicians would actually do it? Be like, oh, we don't have to change anything about what we do, and we don't have to live with any of our consequences? Let's go for it. Yeah, there are a couple of proposals that people are putting out there right now that are, like, very much so, hey, science can just engineer a way out of this, and then we'll be able to combat all of this no problem. We, we can maybe talk about those. I'm not sure when we want to do that. Maybe now is a good time to do it because I didn't if, know they had things like that. Well, yeah. So, so okay. So let's 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 talk let's talk climate change. All right. Uh, first of all, climate change is real. It is what? happening. Yeah. Look. All right. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm just gonna assume that you believe in climate change. If you don't, or if you're like, hey, I would love some resources on where to find information about climate change, I will provide some stuff that NASA has uh, collected. Generally reputable. Yeah, generally reputable as uh, their, like, literal direct observations of the impact of global climate change, which includes all kinds of wild things. For example, link time. You are so organized. You've got links and everything. I got links and everything. Oh my god. All right. So, um, NASA says, in brief, direct observations made on and above Earth's surface show the planet's climate is significantly changing. Human activities are the primary driver of those changes. These changes include global temperature rise, warming oceans, uh, shrinking ice sheets. Wow, that's a hard one to say. (laughs) Uh, glacial retreat, decreased snow cover, sea level rise, declining Arctic sea ice, e- increased numbers of extreme weather events, and ocean acidification. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I feel really good about our future. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact about uh, climate change is that 
uh, it usually hangs out on about a 50-year lag. Somewhere between 40 to 50 years. So any of the current effects that we are seeing of climate change are actually a direct impact of what we were putting into the atmosphere about 40 to 50 years ago. Why so much of a lag? Um, it takes a long time for all of that stuff that like gets into the atmosphere to end up in a lot of the places that it like causes these issues. Okay. So specifically for like ocean acidification, like you have to get all of that stuff into the atmosphere and then it needs to go through the like water cycle of like going up, raining down, maybe landing on like earth, uh, like, like land and then like working its way into the oceans. Um, it can, can also take a couple other forms. Like it's just like, as you slowly start to increase these uh, things, the longer that they are around, generally speaking, the more impact they have, uh, especially for things like greenhouse gases mm -hmm. and things like that. So, so we're experiencing the ramifications of the 70s right now. Yeah, 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s. And it only got worse. <laughs> yeah, interestingly, oh. it has gotten... It's It's changed. I will say it's not actually necessarily as bad as it was. That's not to say that it's good. It's just yeah. to say that it's less worse. Okay. <laughs> I'll um, take it. So for example, the United States, like back in the nineties, um, started passing a whole bunch of laws that were like, Hey, you just really can't, you can't, really can't be pumping this much stuff into the atmosphere. Like right. it's really bad for the planet. Like uh, no way. So a whole bunch of, like a whole bunch of greenhouse gas emissions got cut. The United States is actually no longer the largest greenhouse gas producer in the world, although That's we were. China, right? It is currently China. Yeah. I believe that India is up there. I believe it was, yeah, it was Richard Nixon yeah. that founded the EPA in the 70s. Correct. So maybe we're experiencing the tipping point where it might start getting well, better? I mean, maybe. There was also... Um, there was also a ruling very recently by the Supreme Court. Like yesterday. Like yesterday or two days ago that was like, hey, the government of the United States can't actually limit what companies can produce in terms of greenhouse gases. Uh, so they like really put a lot of restrictions on what the EPA is and isn't allowed to limit, mm -hmm. which is really frustrating. Super frustrating, especially by people who are way closer to death than they are to birth. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I'm not having kids. I think that's fair. Um, so the estimated cost of fixing greenhouse gas, like fixing climate change, like over, like entirely, okay, is roughly three hundred billion to five uh, fifty trillion dollars. Okay, I was gonna say three hundred billion is not impossible. No, we could do that. Three hundred but... billion is like one Jeff Bezos. Right. Right. Fifty um, trillion is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Over the next 20 years. So, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, on the So, we've talked kind of about the corporate side. We talked about, like, evidence for cl uh, climate change. On the individual side, if you as an individual are like, hey, I would, I would love to um, help manage my personal carbon footprint, um, the biggest things that you can do are don't fly. Okay. Um, and, and don't drive. Okay. Unless you drive, like, an e-vehicle. Um, which are becoming more and more yeah. uh, prevalent, yeah. which is if awesome. You, if you drive an electric vehicle, great. Uh, as long as that electricity isn't being generated by coal, fantastic. Right. 
Um, if your electricity is being generated by coal, uh, it's probably actually better for you to walk uh, or bike. Mm-hmm. Um, Which in the city is not a huge issue. No, yeah. If Out you live in, the in rural a, areas, yeah, that would be. It's a lot harder tougher. to bike. So the other biggest thing that you can do is reduce your consumption of meat. Oh. Um, the meat industry plays a huge role in like um, global pollution levels. Really? Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of like bio waste. There's a lot of like toxic, uh, stuff that comes out of it. Um, raising so many cattle actually produces a lot of methane, Mm -hmm. um, unnecessarily, which is um, a greenhouse gas, which is a greenhouse gas. Yep. And so if like one of the big things that you can do is like switch to what I would call a reductitarian lifestyle or diet in just like. Hey, maybe not every meal has to have meat in it or, you know, there's other proteins. There there. are lots of other kinds of protein out there. Um, Just kind of switch away from from eating meat all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be meat and potatoes for every dinner. Like most Minnesotans tend to uh, consume. My parents are still uh, still on that grind. Hi, parents. Hi, parents. (laughs) I don't think they listen to this, but they might. Who knows? You never know. Um, I literally... Just last night, we went out to dinner, and I had uh, barbecue, pulled pork, mac and cheese. Nice. I mean, that sounds delicious. It was delicious, but it doesn't have to happen every meal. No, exactly. And, like, once in a while, great. As a treat, fun. Like, every meal? No. Um, I don't know if you know the answer to this. Feel free to tell me that you don't. Uh But lab-grown meat, is that a viable... Not obviously viable yet, but is that an option to help offset some of this... uh, yeah, it Methane. would be it would be a it would be a good way to um, offset production of of methane because there's no like there is some waste that gets produced by the cells themselves, but you're not producing all of the like gaseous waste that is produced like in the stomachs mm-hmm. of Cowfarts. like cud chewing creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that's a good one. Also, it's just better in general for a lot of. Uh, populations of animals that like we are currently over harvesting especially when it comes to fish mm-hmm. in terms of climate manipulation yeah there are a couple of techniques that we do have i am flabbergasted i thought this was all fiction no so some of them are like longer term things okay for example like you can do like berming uh b-u-r-m as in Madrid, you like make these like miniature oases in like areas that are like experiencing desertification and you like just like dig like these like kind of horseshoe shaped like structures in the sand and then just like toss some seeds in there and then just kind of walk away from it. Oh. Sometimes you don't even need to toss seeds in there, but like just changing the landscape a little bit to be able to retain water more effectively and provide areas for seeds to like land and actually take hold is a really good way of fairly simply like preventing um desertification and and can help prevent climate change um planting trees turns out it's a really good would have thunk really good way to help combat uh climate change both because it tends to keep Uh, things underneath the trees cooler Mm -hmm. uh, reducing the overall temperature of the planet and it produces more oxygen and reduces co2 which is great so those are some of like the long-term solutions in terms of short-term solutions for 
areas that are experiencing droughts, you can actually do cloud seeding. Cloud seeding. Yes. There's a substance called silver iodide that I believe was originally used in photos. Okay. Like it's one of the components for making like old um, photographs. Is this the thing that'll turn your skin blue if you ingest it? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I didn't look into that. Yeah. But silver iodide, it turns out, actually provides a really fast nucleation point for rain to collect. So if you go up with a plane, or I guess even just like a bomb, and you just shot a bomb into a cloud filled with silver iodide, what would happen is not the cloud would disperse, you would just cause that cloud to very shortly afterward begin to rain. Which is a good way of, if you are in an area that does not have a lot of rain, but is still getting some cloud cover, you can force there to be, like, uh, like, you can force precipitation using cloud seeding. That's fucking crazy! Yeah. Is this, is this something we do, like, humans do frequently? Is this... Not really. Okay. It happens, especially in areas where people are, like, the biggest things is, like, crops, and you need the rain because, like, there is no infrastructure for bringing more water to there. Um, but it's more of a, it's more of a thing that we know how to do and is sometimes done, but not all of the time. Okay. And then, uh, I actually just found this a couple days ago, but MIT recently proposed a space bubble solution to no! global climate change. MIT, no! Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, I mean, like, I understand, like, from a scientific or engineering perspective, just being like, hey, we have come up with, theoretically, an engineering solution to this problem. It's disappointing because it doesn't force corporations to take responsibility for their actions. To stop being shitty. To stop being shitty, exactly. But the idea is that if you put, like, a large raft of, like, effectively balloons in space uh between the earth and the sun you could block a, i think you need to block about 1.8 percent of the incident radiation from the sun on the earth and you would completely neg negate all effects of global warming specifically warming. you would not combat effects of global climate change okay. such as rising sea levels due to like melting ice sheets 1.8 percent does all that yeah the earth pumps a lot of uh, well the earth absorbs a lot of energy from the sun wow. um but like you you wouldn't be able to get rid of things like um ocean acidification sure. or generally speaking like increased frequency of storms would still continue to mm -hmm. happen sea levels might continue to rise desertification would probably continue like that's those those things aren't actually necessarily entirely byproducts of of like increasing global temperatures uh they can be impacted by other things in the area but that's kind of the the like science corner minute on science corner yeah exactly on climate <laughs> manipulation and and uh global climate change so i'll i'll put some of these things in the show notes hell yeah um for people to read if they're interested please everybody do literally do your own research don't just believe what you see on facebook uh, yeah facebook is a terrible place to get any information about anything regarding science nope the only thing it's good for is looking at other people's dogs sure and babies yes but mostly dogs yes and theater shows yes but mostly dogs correct <laughs> okay 
<laughs> as long as we're all on the same page. Okay. So, after our science corner, we're getting back into the movie. Yep. So, we have established uh, global warming in the Geostorms universe is real bad. It's on an accelerated timeline, because this is all happening in 2019. Which, again, this movie came out in 2017, so they're like, hey guys, this is really coming up, you should probably do something about it. But, you know, no one did. Terrible, terrible way to tell people that global climate change is coming. It's... I, this is no day after tomorrow. No. I'm going to put that out there right yep. now. Again, not for the least of which, is day after tomorrow, which is on our list. Don't worry, it'll come up. But it is earnestly trying to get people to, like, change their behavior. Um, I think. I don't... I'm going to say it is because that's how I remember it. But again, my memory, apparently, as we learned with Armageddon, very bad. Very bad. So, this movie, however, is... Again, just brushing it all under the rug of, we don't have to do anything else. We're going to have the satellites fix it. Yep. Okay, fine. Um, but so there's, so they show us like a brief uh, a view of the Earth surrounded by these satellites. And there's got to be thousands. Two, of thousands. Them. There's yeah. so many. Do we, like, does Earth have enough material? I have this question throughout this movie. Yeah. Because the use of resources in this movie is Comical. Yeah, so I believe technically we do have the resources for this. Would we have to excavate the entire planet to get these resources? Probably nearly. Okay. Or we would have to just start confiscating people's devices and be like, hey, actually the microchips in your device are going to be used to prevent climate change by putting them on a satellite in space. Yep. Have fun. Bye. Like, <laughs> it's so... It's so many satellites, and they're, like, all kind of connected, I think. they've Which got... is the dumbest thing, by the way. I saw that you asked this question, and I'm glad that you did, but all of these satellites are connected via, like, wires into, like, yes. this huge, like, net structure. Literally. Which is so problematic, <laughs> because they all need to be in orbit. You can't just have this thing hanging out up there without it being in Moving. orbit. Yeah, and the way that you, like keep a lot of the things in orbit is that they need to be going sideways around the earth effectively falling which is what orbiting is right just a controlled fall um but some of the places that they put them like at the north pole it's hard to have a controlled orbit like that because you're you're not you're not falling the right way. Like, you need to fall with the Earth's rotation if you want to keep a geostationary or a, a geosynchronous orbit. Oh, so you can't orbit the other way around? You can, but, like, you will you will be going, like, twice as fast relative oh, to shit. the surface of the Earth, right? Because, like, if, if, I'm, if I'm up in space out here mm -hmm. and the, the planet's rotating, like, counterclockwise and I decide to go clockwise... Right, the planet is rotating underneath me, and I'm going the other direction fast enough to keep myself in orbit. So I am cruising over the surface of the planet at like twice the speed that you would need to in order to like stay in orbit. Okay. Uh, if you go the other way, there are orbits where you can stay above the exact same spot on the planet. Oh. Uh, called a geosynchronous orbit. Okay. Those orbits are fairly easily attained around the equator, and um, you can kind of get them going up towards, like, kind of the tropics and maybe a little bit further than that, but too much further than that, and you get into the situation of, like, you are not falling around the Earth anymore. You are, like, you need, you would need propulsion. So you kind of need to go, like, 
across the middle of the earth roughly so they're they're not realistic as you get closer to the poles Mm -hmm. and they show this net covering the whole thing so if the net covers the whole thing the ones at the poles are immediately going to just collapse towards earth and because they're all connected by these wires the whole thing will collapse and kill millions of people it'll be great stellar Uh uh-huh stellar fun stuff oh my god so already I feel like we should probably do the same thing we did with Armageddon and just count how many things they got right. Yeah. And we haven't found one yet. Mm, nope, not really. Not a realistic thing that they've gotten right. Okay. Um, so we learned that this net of satellites that yep. is uh, going to fix climate change is called Dutch Boy. In reference to... I think it's got a real fancy name. I didn't write it down because everyone calls it Dutch Boy. In reference to the... Uh, fable i guess it would be of the little boy in in the netherlands who plugs a dam with his finger yep and keeps plugging cracks and holes but it the dam still collapses yeah like like this this is a terrible name (laughs) it's so bad because they're like poking fun at the idea like they're poking i guess they're they're kind of poking fun at the whole concept of being like hey if we put these satellites up in space to control the weather like that'll fix it right right it's like no. No, the problems are still yeah, there. Yeah, the problems are still there. God, it's just a dumb name. And and they show how more or less Dutch Boy works. In an example, they drop a bomb, what appears to be a bomb, into a, a giant cloud that's about to destroy a city, and it disperses the cloud, which we just mentioned is not entirely correct, which no. is why we're not counting it as one yep. of the things that's correct. So, like, you could hypothetically vaporize a cloud with a bomb. A big enough bomb? It would have to be a very big bomb, and it would have to be very hot. Mm. So we're talking probably a nuclear weapon at that point. To get rid of a cloud. Which also makes more clouds itself, so I don't think that would be a very good solution (laughs) to begin with. Uh, You could drop a bomb on it where you seeded it with silver iodide, causing it to rain all of the rain outside of the city, which would probably be more productive than having it rain over the city, Mm -hmm. but... Eh. Eh. It, it's not great science. Yeah. No, no, it's not. And it's not great CG either. Like It's it really was... not. For 2017, this, this CG is remarkably okay. Yes, I think that is a very... Again, we've said this a couple times. Top of the bell curve. This is a movie. I actually don't think this is top of the bell curve. I think this is a little on the left side of the bell yeah, curve. Yeah, I think this is maybe a little below average yeah. in terms of movie. I would agree with that. Um, okay, so uh, we get a little title screen on the thing saying we are in Washington. Great. Gerard Butler! Hey, bud! I missed you! I love you! Um, he walks up, <laughs> he comes out of a cab, and without looking at the wad of money, he just hands the cabbie cash and says, keep the change. You have no idea if there's change. You don't know what the price of the cab is. You don't know how much money you gave him. Where I, did you come from? Did, he, did you oh, come from? Oh, he literally says, well, no, 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 I just flew yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. But he didn't take the fucking cab. No, that's fair. No. So he where did he the take the cab from? from? Um, you guys, there are so many large problems with this movie that I'm going to choose to nitpick about little things. I'm going to let Neil take care of most of the big stuff. We've already tackled most of them. Okay, good. So I'm going to choose to nitpick. He has no idea how much this cab fare is. Anyway, um, he goes to, uh, to I don't know, whatever the fucking 
Senate conference room thing this is. It's not a conference room. It looks like a, a giant... What's the word I'm looking for? Auditorium? Sure. It's an auditorium. And the security guard's like, oh my god, you're Jake Lawson. You made, like, exposition, exposition, exposition. You made Dutch Boy. You're the best guy ever. Anything you need. Anything at all. I'm your man. And Jake, uh, Gerard Butler, looks at his tie and then looks at him. Because he doesn't have a tie and he's about to go speak to senators. It's a joke, Neil. I got it. It's funny. Uh-huh. Do you get it? I do. Because it's, it's funny. I get it. Because this guy said... Anything he needs. Because exposition. Because exposition. Uh-huh. So now we know Gerard Butler is Jake Lawson. He designed and somehow built, unclear, Dutch Boy. It's his baby, basically. It feels like he is on trial. I, I don't know enough about the U.S. government judicial, or uh, not judicial system, but the U.S. senatorial congress. I don't know how it works. I don't know what this is, but it feels like a trial. They're yelling at him. Uh, about who's going to control Dutch Boy. The plan is, in three years, it's going to go from a U.S.-controlled thing to hand it over to the Seven Nations? or U.N. The, the U.N., basically, is going to control it because it's not just a U.S. problem, it's a worldwide problem. But yep. they need three years to get up and running, more or less. So, uh, Jake is uh, it's being real snarky. Just being a real D-bag. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. I had to fly in from outer space. Literally. Like, he literally took a moment and, like, winked at the camera, basically. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Can you just land a spacecraft? So, first of all, I understand that when space missions are done. Yeah. They basically crash land somewhere in the ocean. The ocean. Yep. So, let's assume. Sometimes. Sometimes. They don't do that as much anymore. Because shuttles can land themselves, yes. right? Right. So let's say he's in a shuttle. I'm yeah. assuming he is. Uh-huh. He lands uh-huh. from space in uh-huh. Florida. Yes. T- t- can you just... Are you fine? Can no. you just, like, go home? No. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. According to NASA, it usually takes three days oh. for someone who has been in a zero-gravity environment for a while... To recover their sense of balance. Oh, shit. Because your ideas of direction in space are just so much different, right? There is no defined down. It's just that way. Yeah. That so so discompopulating. Yeah. They do, they do say that, like, minimum three days before you're going to be, like, good to be going out and doing things. And also, you've probably just done a whole bunch of like stuff that may or may not be considered classified. So there might be like debriefing on that. There yep. might be all kinds of stuff that you have to go through. Especially for... with something like Dutch boy, where yeah. there's a lot of, a yeah. lot of red tape so and stuff involved. I'm, I'm betting that like, there's no way that he gets out of there within a week. Okay. So he's full of shit. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Jake and the, this legislator guy, I don't know if he has a name. I don't care. They're going back and forth, and Jake's being real snarky, because the legislator guy's like, we built this thing. He goes, oh, I don't remember seeing you up there. Like, okay, calm the fuck down. Obviously, this man is useless. Like, you don't have to rub it in his face. Yep. So he apparently, we find out, started Dutch Boy without Congress's consent. Yep. Which, he says it was to save somewhere from something. And they say, you know... 
we don't know that it was fully operational and they get into a tiff about it. I can kind of see both sides insofar as if he wanted to actually save this a place, yes, I get that. But he should also, like, finish making sure everything's okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that would be good. Right? So, I don't know. Again, a lot of this is fantasy and I'm nitpicking small things. <laughs> this is where we're at. Um, anyway, so he says that there are 600 people on, I don't know if they actually call it the ISS, but it definitely looks like the ISS, just like a, a bigger version of the ISS. Yeah. How, like, how many people are on the ISS now? Like, the can I they fit 600 people? No. No, okay. Uh, the ISS is a space station designed to sustain a crew of, at most, six people. Oh, my. So, if you wanted to uh, sustain 600 people, uh, you would need to make it at least 100 times bigger. God damn. Again, back to the resources issue. Yeah. Well, like 600 people, they all need water, drinkable water. They all need food. Yep. They all need, I assume, some sort of exercise something so your muscles don't deteriorate. It looks like they have gravity. So you That's probably true. wouldn't need to, like, worry about that as That's much. That's fair. Did they say why they have gravity? Nope. Okay, just want to make sure. Great, so now Jake is is starting to go off and he's offending everyone on this trial panel. And then we see Jim Sturgis. He's in the the gallery and he's, like, they're making eye contact and, like, kind of communicating. And Jim Sturgis, who doesn't have a name yet, is texting him, like, please stop arguing Please, whatever you're doing, just don't do it. And uh, uh, he's very upset. And they finally, the trial, the legislator people say, you know, you are off the project. You no longer are associated with whatever it is, Dutch Boy. Okay, so Jake and Jim Sturgis, they meet afterwards. And Jake's like, come on, you're part of these Washington types. Just go on, smooth it over. It's going to be fine. And Jim Sturgis is like, what? No, fuck you. You can't just do that, because now I'm in charge of this. They put me in charge, and we find out they're brothers. They put me in charge, and now I have to fire you. God damn it, I told you to be cool. And then Jake gets all pissy because now he's fired. Jim's all pissy because he didn't want to fire his brother. Jim doesn't have a name yet, as far as I'm aware. They've not said his name until much later, so I'm going to call him Jim until he gets a name. Anyway, so, flash forward, three years later, we enter... The Afghanistan desert. Yep. We see UN Humvees. They're driving up and we see just a little corner of what appears to be snow. And we look up, pan up, and there's a whole village. Like, a, I mean, it's not large, but it's a village in the middle of the Afghanistan desert yep. that is absolutely frozen solid. Yep. Through some very, very clever and subtle script writing, we know that it is 120 degrees in this desert. That's we, hot. It's real hot. We already established that is not unheard of, but also not common in today's world. Maybe in this world it is a little more common because shit accelerated. But it's 120 degrees in this desert. And this this village is literally, people are frozen solid. Donkeys, frozen solid. So, hey, Neil. Hey. hey I have a science question for you. Uh-huh. Okay, I have two. I lied. A. Yeah. How cold would it have to get to get snow in the desert and B, how cold would it have to get to freeze a human being solid? And they do not have to be connected answers. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, uh, I have a bunch of problems with the scene 
for a lot of reasons. You but shock me. How cold does it need to get in the desert to make snow? It needs to get below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That's all. But there's no water in the air because it's a desert. Yeah, it snows sometimes in the desert. No, sir. Like it's it's snowed in Egypt in the last couple of years. Oh, that's not good. Uh, no. It also has snowed in in Jordan a couple of times in the last few years, and that's also not good. Nope. Um, the idea that there is this much water here, like we see that all the buildings and all the people are covered in like what amounts to hoarfrost. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you? Can we back up for just one second? Uh huh. What's uh? What's it called? Hoarfrost. Hoarfrost. Is it spelled the way I want it to be spelled? It is not. God damn it. It is spelled H-O-A-R frost. Lame. Yes. So hoarfrost, like here, I'll, I'll show you some images of like what hoarfrost looks like. It's never going to not be funny. It's not. I, that's fine. It looks <laughs> oh, like shit. this. Yes. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. So it's, so for folks at home, hoarfrost is when like you have a really wet environment and there's a lot of like. Uh, wind and so what happens is that you end up growing these icicle structures in the direction that the wind is blowing and it it looks really cool because it can cover things and like stuff around it might not actually be like covered in ice like it can be a pretty like isolated phenomena like in an area that is uh full of like it might be cold outside might be snow on the ground might not be snow on the ground, but you can still get um, hoarfrost. So it's it's really neat. So we see that like this whole village is just covered in this in this icicles, effectively thick icicles. Yeah, and uh, there's not enough water for that to have happened. And then so I don't I don't really know how that happened. And then how how cold does it need to be to freeze a person solid like we saw? Probably colder than like a couple hundred degrees. Fahrenheit oh. below like zero, oh, like shit. minus minus a hundred or more. Okay, I would bet um, because you need to, and it needs to be sustained. Like it needs to be, it needs to have been that way for a while before the bone starts to get remarkably brittle. Um, so I would say like a good a good guess would be like minus a hundred for an extended period of time, or uh, like much much colder than that for a very short amount of time. Okay. Uh, which I think is kind of what they're getting at, but a lot of the stuff that they show would take it being like very cold to get this to happen. Yes. So this whole scene is very bad. Yeah. No. This this whole movie is very bad. Correct. But this scene, they're trying to show that you know something not natural is happening, and they're very effective at it. Yeah. So uh, now we are at the White House. Jim is chatting up a cute secret service agent and it's the script is so bad. I couldn't even like write down what they're saying, but it really feels like they're trying to flirt and they've never seen another human being before in their entire lives. Yeah. So she is not allowed to talk while on the job and they're going back and forth and he's trying to hit on her and she's like having none of it. And as he walks away, she goes, I like your tie, home by seven, love you. And we're like, oh, they're together. Ooh. The scandal. Wow. So the president is holding a big meeting. President Andy Garcia. He was actually great. I enjoy him. Honestly, I think he was one of the better actors in the whole movie. (laughs) Oh my God, he's great. I'd vote for him. I'm never voting for an actor, but he was great. Someone, I don't remember who, but someone suggests shutting down... Uh, all the Dutch Boy satellites in the area of this uh, village that was frozen solid. Because this is not supposed to happen. Dutch Boy is not supposed to freeze people. 
especially in the middle of the desert. That's not cool. Jim, who again, doesn't have a name yet. Jim suggests sending up a, a professional or a group of professionals to the ISS to the mega ISS, make sure that Dutch boy is working the way it's supposed to. The president says, no, we're going to send one person up who's an American so we can control him. That's we hilarious, by the way. <laughs> and very classic government to be like, oh, hey, you need a team of 50 people to solve this problem. You get one and they have to be American. Yes. So just outside of this meeting, Ed Harris, God bless Ed Harris. He's phenomenal and I love him and he's... Chewing this fucking scenery, like it is, it is his job. But like, he's I, I think he's doing this almost out of spite. There are times <laughs> that you get an actor who chews the scenery, and you can tell they're loving every second of it. And he chews this scenery just like fuck. You want me to chew this scenery? Fine, I'll do it. But I'm not gonna be happy about it. <laughs> That's the vibe I got from him. That being said, I absolutely love him. <laughs> so he says to Jim, like, "How long have I known you?" And Jim's like, well, no, since I transferred in. And they have this conversation about, you know, I trust you. First of all, again, nitpicking little things. Mm -hmm. How long have I known you since I transferred in? That is not an answer. That is not a timeline. I have no idea when you transferred in. I that don't know not how good. old you that are. Is, that is not good writing. Oh my God, right? this that script is, is so bad. That is not... That is not telling the audience the info they need. Oh my god. We have no idea what these two You might have transferred is. in last week for all we fucking know. Yeah. No. So we we gather throughout the film that they've been working together very closely for quite some time, but like I don't know what their relationship is at all. I know that he I know that Ed Harris knows that Jim's father is dead. That's all I know about their relationship. It's very frustrating. Anyway. Okay, so we're in space now. Yep. Hey, Neil. Yeah. I have a science question for you uh, before okay. we even get into whatever the fuck is about to happen. Okay. Assuming we could actually control the weather, is is the theory behind Dutch Boy a, a solid theory? Like? Like fixing the weather from a satellite. No. Oh, okay. And we already know the mesh is not a good idea. The mesh is a terrible idea, like, by far. Yeah. It would have been much less resource intensive to just be like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna dedicate, like, mm, ten satellites per, like, continent. Mm -hmm. And then just have those be, like, in geosynchronous orbit with that continent. And then just move themselves around in orbit as necessary as to, like, get to wherever they need to go to fix shit. Like it, this is a this is a much easier solution than having to have this entire net that's like really complicated. Yeah, they really they they overcomplicate a lot of things. A in this lot movie. of things. Like it doesn't have to be this hard. Anyway, so we're we're pulling up to the malfunctioning pod. The one over Afghanistan. The one over Afghanistan, and I just okay. So I actually have another science question for All you. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting to, I'm distracting myself uh -huh. with science. With science. With science. So, um, what what do you think of the design of this? I'm gonna call it the Mega ISS. What do you think of this design? Assuming gravity is fine, and like they've got big windows, and they've got hallways, and they've got a locker room, and it like all these bells and whistles. Um, it, it feels unnecessary from an outsider's perspective, but is this a usable station as it is shown in this film? Like, if you just took what was shown and actually put it in space, would it function? Yes. No. 
Okay, good. I'm glad I was right about that. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed. Uh, it would probably... It's, like, got too much shit going on. Yeah. Uh, it, we, we still don't know what the gravity situation is. Nope. It's got too many windows. It doesn't look like it's actually, like, insulated or protected from a lot of, like, high-energy radiation in space. Like, like, the walls look solid, but not thick. No, they look pretty thin, and we'll find out later that some of the walls can just... Blow the fuck off? But come undone. Yeah. So I would say this is a very bad space station. Okay, good. Okay, good. So, okay, so we're bringing, uh, they're bringing the malfunctioning pod up to the ISS, and we see cute German gal. She's the head of everything. She becomes a main character. I don't think we have her name yet, but her name is Uta. Yeah. U-T-E. Mm-hmm. Uta. We also meet a Pakistani man named Mahmoud, and he... Is So he's standing in front of the malfunctioning pod. He sends this other group of people away, and he's being kind of shady about it. He says he'll take care of the diagnostics alone. He downloads data from the pod onto an external hard drive, and he hides it in his books and shit, and he goes to the locker room. Again, there is a locker room on this space station. I mean, that makes sense. Like you, I mean, you gotta have a place for people to, like, change and shower, and you might as well have it all be in one spot. Yes, it just, so much, it's just so much. I don't know. I don't even know it's what my problem is. It's 600 people. It. I don't want 600 smelly people I mean, in that's space. Fair. That's super fair. Okay. I have to remember that this isn't the real ISS. This is the mega ISS. This is the mega ISS. Yeah. He puts these books with the hidden external hard drive into a an empty locker, and then he's walking, I don't know, somewhere, down a hallway, and this motherfucker gets sucked out of an airlock. But it's not just an airlock, it's like a hallway, yeah. all windows on this hallway. There is a door closes in front of him, door closes behind him, and then- Was it all windows? I thought it was just like release panels or it, some well, bullshit. Well, release panels with windows in them. Oh, okay, So, sure. the release panels all open, they blow, ba-choom, ba-choom, ba-choom. You know, going yeah, closer and closer one at to a him. Time. Yep, and he gets sucked out into space. So Neil, yeah, as has been with basically every movie that we've seen. Yep, someone has now gotten sucked out of an airlock. Classic. So I ask you one more time. Yep. How did it look? Not Realistic? very. No. 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 Oh. Yeah. The when the first one blows off at the end, um, he should have immediately probably been like sucked out sucked out like and he stood there screaming for a good long while yeah like this is such a narrow area that as soon as something goes all of the air is gone Mm -hmm. like it's not it's a it's gonna be very fast it's gonna just immediately suck him out through that thing it doesn't even probably need the second one to blow and like he'll i mean he'd have been dead in an instant anyway so okay so this or i guess probably He'd have been dead in about a minute. He'd be dead in a minute, but he'd be sucked out instantly. Yes. So he's out in space just knowing he's going to die, which is horrifying. Yeah. It would be really painful, too. And then, because I think probably what will kill you first is not the lack of oxygen, but actually probably the, like, extreme dose of radiation that you will get. I feel like that would not Um, be pleasant. I feel like that would probably like cook you from the inside out faster than you will, than you would like suffocate or I mean, way faster than you'd freeze. It takes a long time for you to freeze actually. And as we talked about in our first episode, Event Horizon, he did not follow any of the instructions. He wasn't in a ball. He didn't close his eyes. He had his mouth wide open screaming. So he just, he did everything wrong. Well, I mean like, 
Wide open and screaming is better than holding your breath. Fair. Okay. Uh, you are getting all of the oxygen out of your, like, lungs. You do want to get as much of it out as possible, but you will still... Like, it's a one-way I mean, ticket. Like, yeah, it's a one-way ticket. Like, <laughs> you, this guy's probably toast. Oh, man. This poor, poor Mahmoud. He... That's not a good way to go. No. Uh, but, so, we're going to flash to Florida. I'm assuming it's Florida. We don't know... I don't think they tell us, or at least I didn't see a, a little tag, no, did you? I, no, I kind of thought we were on an island somewhere, but honestly, Florida makes as much sense as anywhere else. Right. Um, so Jim, again, still no name, Jim pulls up to a nice beachside trailer in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's a little girl, not little, she's like, what, 10-ish, 12? She's uh, 13, she 13, I think. Okay. Oh, you're right. She does say that, doesn't she? 13-year-old girl looks at him, and she's like, oh my god, Uncle Max, so now he has a name. Yep. We are 25 minutes into the movie. Or more. Or more. She, we come to find out she is very, very smart. She's fixing, I don't know, a fucking engine or something like that. Uh, Jake walks out and he is not pleased to see Max. Max tells this girl, I don't remember her name. I just realized I never wrote it down. I don't even know if they even said her name, they did they? They said it a few times, but it's not important enough. I don't care. Yeah. Don't at me. Max tells her that when they were kids, Jake and Max had their own secret code. Mm -hmm. Planting these seeds. This here, Chekhov's gun. But Max tells Jake something's wrong with Dutch Boy. And Jake's like, A, no it's not. Dutch Boy's perfect. B, fuck you. I don't care. I'm not a part of Dutch Boy anymore because I got fired by my brother. Fuck, calm the fuck down. Oh my god. Everyone is so... I don't know. They're jerks. Everyone's jerks to everyone. Yep. So, um, Max points out that, yes, Jake, you do care because you live, we find out, directly next to the launch pad where shuttles are taking off. A, a shuttle is taking off as we, as we watch. But, like, that doesn't happen all the time in our world. This nope. is a different universe. Yep. It we'll, really, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to how fucking frequently shuttles are taken off. Good. So Jake agrees to go up to Dutch Boy, see what's wrong, as long as Max isn't his boss. Okay, fucking calm down, little dick. Anyway, so now we're in Hong Kong. Cheng Long is uh, this new character, logs into Dutch Boy and to take a look at the Afghanistan satellite and, and see if it's operational. And he calls Max and he leaves a voicemail. So we're like, ooh, they kind of know each other. Okay. And apparently it is a bajillion and a half degrees in Hong Kong. Yeah. He's at a grocery store. He's getting like eggs and milk uh -huh. in a cooler. And he's like, oh, it's so cool. And a cat jumps in. It's the whole thing is really cute. Anyway, yep. he goes out to his car and he drops his eggs onto the street and yep. they start to cook. I've seen that TikTok of people doing that. Uh -huh. But hey, Neil, uh -huh. I have an actual science question for you. Hey, you got it. Again, it's not just one. I have several science questions about this specifically because, as I mentioned, everyone has seen videos of people cooking eggs in, in the heat. Yes. So my question to you is, not is it possible, because obviously it is. Yes. Okay, good. How hot would the street need to be to cook to cook the egg? And, and like, is it different if it was heated from above by, a, by the sun, which is apparently a death ray right now, mm. or, by, or below, like by magma? Um, it doesn't matter as long as the surface that you are cooking on is exactly 158 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah. Like what causes eggs to cook is actually like their proteins are like the proteins in the egg whites are denaturing. 
and they like start to stiffen up, which causes like your egg whites to become firm and white uh, and white. And uh, so that happens at about 158 degrees. So his, this street that he's on yeah. is 158 degrees. Yeah. That's hot enough that you're probably like feeling it through your shoes. Yeah. That sounds awful. It sounds terrible. So it's, it's obviously possible. You guys, the earth is trying to kill us and we deserve it. All of a sudden, as this is happening, the eggs are cooking and the ground swells up from underneath. It looks like lava, but it's not. Yep. It's, it, we'll, we'll get to it. There's, there's huge explosions, uh, uh, popping up. Gas mains is what it turns out to be. But like the gas main is, pachoo, pachoo. The, the street is caving in. There's chaos reigns. I see a hand in the back. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, back here. Yeah. Uh, actually, fun fact, uh, that happened on uh, university yesterday. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Please tell me <laughs> everything. Okay, everyone, University Avenue in Minneapolis. Go. Yeah, okay, so um, next to University of Minnesota campus, there is there was a fraternity called Delta Tau Delta. Of course there was. Which had a gas leak in their basement. <gasps> Somehow, the gas leak caught fire and like traveled back through the the like gas pipe to the main that runs down university no which then proceeded to explode all along the main sending uh uh manhole covers like 20 feet into the air along the whole street this happened yesterday this happened yesterday oh my god all of these manhole covers come raining back down uh, everyone gets evacuated from, like, the whole fucking area because they're, like, a uh, gas main leak and explosion plus structure fire. Yeah! Um, and, uh, they ended up shutting down, like, the whole, the whole, like, series of blocks and university for and university an extended period of time. busy thoroughfare. Yeah, it is a very busy thoroughfare. Oh my god! So this is one of the things they got right? Uh, if a gas main explodes, that is what it looks like, yeah. Oh! Oh shit! We we found one, Neil. High five! Woo! We did it. They have one thing right. <laughs> right? I don't think I'm missing anything. This is the only thing they've gotten right so far. That is, I oh, think... and eggs. You can oh, you can yep. kick kick. God, you can kick eggs. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a great like. Hey man, go kick eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Hey hey you go kick an egg. <laughs> When a great was, alternative to fuck off. Oh my god. When I was a waitress at Buffalo Wild Wings, I had a guy, I had to deny him alcohol because he didn't have his ID on him. And he was clearly 40, but like, rules are rules and I didn't want to get fired. Yeah. And he told me to go choke on an ice cube. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm like, hurt by that? Or just confused. It's a little bit of both. I, I feel like... That's like the nicest way to say, I hope that you experience a great deal of discomfort that does not put you in life-threatening danger. But makes you think that you are dying. Yeah, but makes you think like you might die. I hope you waterboard yourself accidentally. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He was an asshole. Anyway, uh, I'm so tickled. Okay, so this huge gas main explosion is possible. That's fantastic. Yeah, but so, it's it's not going to look quite as dramatic as they made it look no, in the film, but... The, the road does absolutely cave in. Yeah, it starts he, to, like, buck and, like, buckle and cave in and, like... Buildings collapse. Like, it is absolute chaos. Columns of fire everywhere. Like, no, it's the weird. columns of fire are actually really cool. They're, <laughs> really they're, like... they're cool looking, but yeah. they're they're dumb. Well, and, and 
And Chang, he's got this little, like, smart car. Yeah. He's plugged in. So he's doing his part. And he's out running these explosions. And, and like you said, manhole covers are going up. And it looks like the ground is just opening up to swallow him whole. Yep. I don't... You're, you know things about cars. I do know some things about cars. Like, based on this smart... Can a smart car do the things that it does? Because he looks like he's driving at a 90 degree angle for a bit. I mean, like, probably not. <laughs> so, like, like the, the one thing that I will say that they they kind of got fairly accurate is that, like, if you were going to try and very suddenly outrun something like this, you would want an electric vehicle. Because the way that torque is delivered from an electric engine to your, like, drivetrain, the, like, point at which you get peak torque is just always constant. Like, the, the amount of, like, actual, like, force that you can spin the wheels with, it's always at max when you're driving an electric vehicle. When you are... Driving a, a gas-powered vehicle, there is usually some range of RPM and some, like, gear ratio that it is best for your car to be in to accelerate either most efficiently or fastest. Mm. For an electric car, it doesn't matter. It's always. Like, you are always going to achieve peak acceleration as long as you floor it. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Which is why some people really like driving, like, the Tesla Roadster yeah. or, like, the Model S or the 3 or, you know, X, whatever. And oh, like the new F-150 Lightning actually looks really cool. <laughs> I haven't seen it. it sounds cool sounds neat. I'm going to go look it up shortly. Yeah. But, so they did get that right. Would his smart car be able to outrun these things? Probably not. A, a gas main is, is going to explode very quickly. Fire moves fast. It's going to move very fast down the length of the main. It's not going to, like... Like he would, he would have died in this scene. Like electric car or not, he's toast. A lot of people died in this scene. Like we see no blood, because again, this is a, I believe it's a PG thirteen movie. I think is what we said. But like, the entirety of Hong Kong collapses. All of the along the water just is gone. It collapses into nothing. So, well, that's kind of fun. Um, but so, hey Neil. Hey, what's up? I have an actual science question for you, not just like a car question. <laughs> okay. Um, could a heat wave cause this? Like, no. Okay, because, like, the, the gas main is underground. Yeah. The heat doesn't you, do that. No, what? you would need, you would need like, some sort of open flame or spark in order to get this to happen. My best bet for what they have, like, how you would get this to happen is to either flood the area with, like, a ton of infrared or microwave uh, radiation. Okay. Which would just kill everybody. Like, yeah. it, it's not the kind of thing that, like, you could casually raise the temperature by, like, 50 degrees in 20 minutes and people wouldn't die. Right. Like, it would just cook everyone from the inside out. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Oh, I literally wrote down here, Jesus, everyone is dead. Because, like, again, yeah. the buildings are gone. Everyone should have died. Every- <laughs> it's just incredible. So, he is goes out on a bridge that everyone stops. So, he stops and all of a sudden, his car is full of condensation. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Why is this car full of condensation? Uh, Is this something obvious I should know? Well, no. The car is suddenly full of condensation and his car suddenly reads that it's 83 degrees. Okay. So it has dropped like 50 degrees Fahrenheit in In like 30 seconds. seconds. And when that happens, you will just get condensation. Like anything that is like when you have that kind of stark temperature drop, 
like you will just condense liquid out of the air. Okay. Um, because the, the colder it is, the less, uh, saturated the air can be with, uh, water vapor and it'll just condense on anything that it can, it can like have a nucleation point for, which is usually like windows and stuff. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so, l- like we said, he's on a bridge. His car's full of condensation. He opens the door, and he looks out, and Hong Kong is, like we said, it's gone. <laughs> there's there's it is, nothing. It is nothing left, left of it's just crazy. fire and nightmare. Hey, friends. We had so many thoughts about Geostorm that, shocker, we could not fit them all into one episode. So, we're going to pause here, and we're going to come back in two weeks and finish counting how many things this movie got right. Spoiler alert, it's not many. <laughs> all right, so... Neil? Yes. When folks are not listening to your dulcet tones here, where can they find you? Uh, folks, if you're not listening to me here, you can find me on a podcast called Bad Rules Out, where I play some 5e D&D with some of my friends. We're having a good time. It's uh, just about halfway over. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Instagram. I am at that underscore Higgs underscore guy. H-I-G-G-S! Exactly. And you can find me, I am on Instagram, but I don't check it. Please don't actually find me there. Um, I am on Twitter slightly more frequently. So if you go on Twitter, find me at, at that girly gal, all one word. You can also find this podcast at sci-fi problem pod, S-C-I-F-I problem pod, P-O-D. Again, all one word. And that's Instagram and Twitter. You can find us, uh, you can email us at here's the problem pod at gmail.com. And I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Mm, rate, review, subscribe, Thank you. follow. Oh, uh, all these things on my list? All the, uh, yeah. all the things on the list. Please uh, do those things. For the almighty algorithm. It's not for us, you guys. It does, while it does make us feel better, it's not only to make us feel better. It is so the algorithm picks us up and shows us two more people so we can have more friends and hang out and it'll be great. Nice. Um, so please do that. Uh, Neil, is there anything you want to say to the folks at home? Uh, enjoy your science, folks. Bye.